Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Dr. Daniel Arman is one of the world's best-known psychologists with multiple books, clinics, and a unique perspective that to understand what's going on inside the head of your patients, you need to look inside. So he has performed thousands of brain scans to learn more before each diagnosis. He joins us today to discuss overcoming trauma, grief, and anxiety. So buckle up. Over to you, Doc. Whatever happens to us externally is impacting what's going on internally. You know, the people that have done really well during the pandemic brought a better brain into the pandemic. There's a concept I like called brain reserve, which is the extra tissue we have to deal with whatever stress comes our way. And going into a pandemic, if you have a healthy brain, you're more likely to be able to withstand more stress. And so I have a patient who, happy all of her life, but then had general anesthesia in January and then subsequently lost five of her friends in the pandemic and one of them to suicide. And then she got very depressed And my hypothesis was if she wouldn't have had the general anesthesia twice in January, she may not have been depressed. So you see that stresses actually stack and the more physical and emotional stresses you have, the more likely you are to break. And getting well, actually, we have to address each of these risk factors. How does one overcome anxiety? You know, when the pandemic actually happened for me, I wrote down mental hygiene is just as important as washing your hands, that we need to disinfect our thoughts, kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness. And it's a practice. So it just doesn't happen. It's something you have to work at. Just like if I wanted to lose 30 pounds, I couldn't have a salad today at lunch and expect, well, that's going to fix the problem over time, is I need to develop habits that I put into my life over time. And so if you're anxious, let me give you just a couple of things to put in your life on a day-in, day-out basis. Meditation and diaphragmatic breathing exercises. So important. Almost all great meditative practices start with diaphragmatic breathing. And so here's the pattern I want you to do two to three times for two minutes each. So it's not a lot of time. I want you to take a deep breath as deep as you can, three seconds in, and then hold it for a second. And then I want you to take six seconds to breathe it out. So twice as long to breathe out as you breathe in triggers a parasympathetic or relaxation 
response. Then hold it for a second out and repeat that 10 times. Three seconds in, hold it. Six seconds out, hold it. Repeat 10 times. So powerful. It's just like you took a Valium or an anti-anxiety drug, but it's got no side effects. If you do that on a regular basis, you're going to begin to lower that fight or flight response that your body is feeling, that so many people are feeling with the pandemic and the subsequent societal disruption and the rioting and all the craziness we see on the news. The second thing is turn off the news because the news drives anxiety and they do it consciously and they do it purposefully. They do it because they know whatever bleeds, leads. Whatever's terrible drives, clicks. And the news is not about the news. I mean, we should stop lying to ourselves. The news is about advertising revenue. And uh, in the end of mental illness, I have this whole section on if I was an evil ruler and I wanted to create mental illness, what would I do? And I'd create the Americans, probably the same thing true in the UK. I'd create news that's out of control, but leading with what's awful rather than what's awesome. And both of them are news. One drives mental illness. The other one uh, drives mental health. Whenever you feel sad, mad, nervous, or out of control, write down what you're thinking. And then ask yourself if it's true. Every single time you have a thought, your brain releases chemicals, negative thoughts, angry thoughts, hopeless thoughts, helpless thoughts, worthless thoughts, should and shaming thoughts, all release chemicals that make you feel bad. And it happens immediately, but the opposite is also true. Whenever you have a happy thought, a hopeful thought, a loving thought, your brain releases a completely different set of chemicals. Thoughts are automatic, they just happen, and they lie. Just because you have a thought has nothing to do with whether or not it's true. And I'm not a fan of positive thinking, I'm a fan of accurate thinking. And so if I get the thought in my head, my wife never listens to me, that's a really negative thought. And it'll make me feel sad and more isolated and actually give me permission to be rude to her, which means she really won't listen to me. So whenever I get a bad thought, I just write it down. And I'm like, well, is that true? Can I absolutely know if that's true? So breathing, not believing every stupid thing you think, turning off the news, focusing on gratitude and appreciation, and hypnosis. I'm actually a huge fan of meditation, but also hypnosis and guided imagery, just to retrain your brain to be in a healthier state. talking about retraining your brain to be in a healthy state is, uh, I guess my next question leading on to this is how we overcome trauma. Um, so does that play a part? Absolutely. You always want to get the past to stop infecting the present. You know, you want to be reacting out of what's going on now rather than when you were four years old and your dad was an alcoholic. And so... I'm a big fan of a psychotherapy called EMDR. It's a specific kind of treatment called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. 
to have you bring up the trauma. And I'm not a fan of ignoring what you're feeling. I mean, I really want you to feel what you're feeling and then see what it's connected to in the past that might be driving your overreaction in the present. And also, whenever you react in ways that seem not to make sense, I have a bridging technique where I want you to really, you know, what are you thinking and feeling? And then when's the first time you thought that? Just to begin to break up these bridges from the past that are driving the present. So do you think some of these mental health health issues that we talk about, you know, um, I mean, anxiety, trauma, grief, do you think any of them are good for us in any way? Well, some anxiety is critical. People who have low levels of anxiety die the earliest. This fascinating study out of Stanford where they looked at 1,548 10-year-old children in 1921 And then they followed them for the next 90 years, looking at what goes with success, health, and longevity. And one of the major findings was the don't worry, be happy people. I used to always want to be one of them. Until I read the study, they die the earliest from accidents and preventable illnesses. So, you know, the COVID-19 don't worry, be happy people were the young college students on the Miami beach, you know, right as the beginning of the pandemic, they're there for spring break and they're like, bring it on. And that is just dumb, right? I mean, you want to have a healthy dose of anxiety because the coronavirus is wicked. It can hurt people. And we, it has, it's, you know, killed hundreds of thousands of people around the world. So we want to have healthy anxiety because that gives us forethought to plan for potential danger down the road. You know, I'm not a fan of trauma and I'm not a fan of depression, but with trauma comes post-traumatic stress disorder, but it also comes post-traumatic growth for many people. So it's sort of a bell-shaped curve. People are in a fire about 80% of them are going to be okay. 10% of them will develop lasting PTSD, nightmares, flashbacks, anxiety, feel like their future is shortened. But about 10% of them are going to develop what we call post-traumatic growth, where they're actually going to begin to see new possibilities. Their relationships will be better. They'll have spiritual changes in a positive way. And I've been traumatized by the fight I've had with my colleagues, but I'd clearly do it again, right? It's just made me a better human being. Well, you've had post-traumatic growth. Yeah, because I just don't care what other people think of me. And I feel like I can engage in what has really become the fight of my life. And it's, it's made me a better leader. It's made me stronger. So in summary, what are your top three tips in overcoming anxiety, trauma, and grief, please? Well, we didn't talk much about grief, but grief is uh, fix sleep first. That's so important. And with grief, people have to begin to deal with the death dragon, which is just, you know, stomping around uh, the globe now with COVID-19. And you really have to come to grips with death because we're all dying 
And I think it's the denial of death that drives a lot of anxiety for people. So actually making peace with death is important. But practically, for grief, fix your sleep first. That's really important for anxiety. Write down uh, your automatic negative thoughts and learn how to correct them and then engage in diaphragmatic breathing. Help you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. Did you know Heights started as a newsletter that I've written every week for years? I'm still doing it, and I'd love it to reach your inbox too. So, for weekly science-backed emails on the best ways to take care of your most important organ all in under three minutes, sign up at yourheights.com forward slash Sundays. See you next week.